Hello, everybody. Welcome back to River Dinks. As always, we are your hosts, the Dinks. Uh, Bella, could you give us that famous theme song? Uh, River River Dinks. We're the River Dinks. I'm going to stop it there. But I like that we're in that one. Yeah. We are the River Dinks. We are. (laughs) Don't you forget it. Um, Of course. Um, And wow, this one. Yeah, as Bella said moments before we started the recording, um, not much to say about this one. Not much happened. Jay, should we introduce ourselves? Like um, our no. Okay. Why would we? My name is Jay. <laughs> I'm Allie. And I'm Bella. My bad. Um, I forgot about that. But anyways, should we? I'm, assume, I'm just assuming at this point that the fans know. Yeah. Like who we are. Like they're not going to start on this episode you know they're gonna already be beloved listeners by this point they wouldn't start with a season one episode they would definitely start with our season five episode for sure i mean now that just makes sense that just makes sense (laughs) um wow yeah this was an interesting episode um i'll just get started with the synopsis because some stuff happened um and also as a note to listeners i just spilled ginger ale all over my sticky notes so they're a little blurry so it might take me a second to interpret them but anyways incredible <laughs> um this week's episode was season one episode three it was entitled chapter three body double it was directed by lee toland krieger and written by yolanda e lawrence and originally aired on february 9th 2017 all right so let's get going so this episode starts off with cheryl uh at the end of the last episode she had proclaimed that she is guilty and at the beginning of this episode eh, episode she explains that she was not guilty of jason's murder but she was guilty of omitting information because she and jason actually made it to the other side of sweetwater river totally unscathed and then jason left her and he was going to go do something and he was going to come back and meet her later and be alive. But then that didn't happen. So she was guilty of omitting that originally from the police. Um, Archie goes ahead and tells the sheriff that he heard a gunshot on the morning of Jason's, or no, on the morning of Jason's disappearance. Um, but he says that he was with his dog instead of Miss Grundy, which the audience knows to be true. Or the audience knows that he was with, bleh. The audience knows that he was with Miss Grundy. <laughs> Um, Veronica says she is going on a date with Chuck Clayton and everyone says, Oh, he's a player though. And she says, but he's also hot. Um, Chuck says after their date that he gave Veronica a quote, sticky maple, which is the worst euphemism ever. Um, and Veronica says, no, that's not true. And she says, she's going to get revenge on him. Um, because they in fact did not have sex. They just had a regular abstinent date um and veronica confronts chuck he pretends that they had sex and he's like you don't have to be shy about it um she goes and she finds some other people who are quote victims of the football team um and she says that those people also had been had rumors that they had had sexual encounters with various members of the football team even though they actually hadn't um and this one character in particular ethel series regular um says that she had been written down in some kind of playbook that chuck and the football team have where they keep track of the various 
girls that they have sexual encounters with. Um, Cheryl comes in and she says, you're all sluts and the football team can't be doing this because Jason was on the football team and he never would have done this. Um, anyways, they find out, oh no, sorry, back up. Um, in the meantime, Archie is working with the pussycats because he was given one favor by Cheryl because he told the truth about witnessing a gunshot. And so his one favor was, I want to work with the pussycats. And so Cheryl made that happen. So Archie is writing a song with the pussycats during this episode. Anyways, they sneak into the school at night. They find the playbook that the football team was keeping. And Cheryl finds out that Jason was in the playbook with Polly um and she and betty have a fight about it um betty approaches chuck and tells him that she wants to be a bad girl and he can teach her how and so they meet up at ethel's house uh veronica and betty and him all meet up together betty is in a wig (laughs) um betty almost drowns Chuck at one point while trying to force him to admit that he and Veronica did not have sex. And then she also calls him Jason and tries to say, apologize to me. And she's calling herself Polly and she's calling him Jason. And she says like, apologize for ruining Polly, which isn't great. Um, In the meantime, the Pussycats perform a song that Archie helped them write. Um, that's pretty much all that happens. And then the end of the episode, um, there is a article put out about the whole football team and their playbook thing. And then Chuck is expelled as a scapegoat for the whole situation. And that's the episode. And it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Let's just, okay, let's just say, did you like this episode or not? (laughs) What a question. What a question. I'm going to go ahead and say no. I do I not did, like this. Episode. I did not. Yeah, I think no. I'm glad that we're done with having to watch this episode because I don't think I ever want to watch it again. It's, it is a rough one. It's a rough one. I have to say, I was excited to watch it and I enjoyed it on the basis that it is Riverdale and it's a classically upsetting episode. Like, yes. I think probably their first one ever. That's true. The first two episodes are not terribly upsetting besides the Archie Miss Brandy plotline. But yeah, you know, it's nice to witness getting hurt by Riverdale for the first time all over again, you know? (laughs) I, I did not like this episode. Let's discuss. Let's just get into it. Um, I feel like there are some episodes of Riverdale that are just bad like that are bad and you don't enjoy watching them yes like some of it is just like oh this is shit writing or oh this is like not like this doesn't make sense or this is out of character or whatever but you can still enjoy it yes I feel like this was one that was bad and I didn't enjoy all of it like there was there were parts there were parts that I love this had some of my favorite lines of the whole series <laughs> at the pace of Riverdale event um but I definitely I think pretty much any episode where they try and take on a social issue I'm not gonna enjoy yes and that is the crux of it because this 
this episode is their first attempt to tackle a social issue in an episode. And they absolutely just, you know, kind of couldn't have done worse, I think, in, I... in attacking the issue. But you're right in that I think there are, I do like the writing in this episode, aside from them missing the entire point of, I think, what they were trying to accomplish. But like the, the dialogue on its own, I do very much enjoy, <laughs> unfortunately. What were you going to say, Allie? Yeah, so I, this, I remember watching this one for the first time in 2017 when it aired and not understanding like, like I was watching it like differently, I feel like. And the way that they handle this social issue is, I think, astoundingly bad. Let's, okay. I feel like any discussion of the episode outside of the issue being addressed is going to be fruitless until we address the actual issue so let's just get into that so they're trying to attack the concept of slut shaming which as they define in the episode is when sluts get shamed which is not true that's (laughs) that's not what it is and i think the whole idea that they are using the word slut derogatorily between women is so terrible throughout the episode. Let's, the whole issue is that there is a boy who is claiming that he has had sex with a person he has not actually had sex with. And the women themselves are very upset because they have not actually had sex. When in fact, I'm not gonna pretend I can define the entirety of the concept of slut shaming in a single sentence, but I think what it boils down to is shaming women for their sexual activity and that in general and Riverdale instead has decided that it is people being claimed that they have had sex that they have not actually had I think I mean they're getting shamed they're getting shamed for the possibility that they did that's true but the problem that the characters have is not that they are being shamed for having sex the problem is they are like but i didn't have sex that's true i think it comes it's like like, a misapplication i think it's really interesting because i feel like as a whole i feel like riverdale is a very sexual show that's true in terms of like how much sex they have like veronica and archie there's a stretch of like a whole season where they pretty much have sex every other scene that they're in together. But I think none of the main characters have sex except for Archie Miss which is terrible. But like, I think none of the main characters have sex with each other until the very end of the first season. Sure. I'm just saying, I, I think it's interesting that for a show that become so sexual and Mm -hmm. is in general it's supposed to be like archie comics but it's dark and gritty and sexy and whatever and so i think it's really interesting that they're supposedly living in this town that like is that sexual and they they themselves are supposed to be that sexual but then it's also like the worst possible thing and I I I don't I don't know I think just I'm 
mainly referring to like when the plastics who in the last episode were accusing uh cheryl of murdering her own brother Mm-hmm. Um, they do make a reappearance so that's a goof on my part I had said in the last episode I was like I don't think we ever see them again but they Although, do make an appearance once again I don't think we ever see them again after this like yeah, I think this might be not. it for them but yeah watch them become the main characters we've just missed this the whole time <laughs> we've never noticed them <laughs> um, misogynist I just they walk by and they're like oh like did you like like they like slut like they they say something that's very shaming of her they do slut shame in the episode yes yeah and i think that that's interesting that it's supposed to be like oh like you had sex like you're so weird and bad and dirty for having done that but then i feel like it's also i don't think i'm saying this well I no, just, I know what you mean. It's it's weird given the context of the entire show. It just it seems like the women are so eager to make it clear like no, I did not have sex. I would never do something like that. But then it's also they're trying to be like but also we should like we have total power over our sexuality and whatever, which are thoughts that can coexist. Mhm. I just think it's interesting that it's like kind of shaming people for ever having sex, but then also being like, but also like it's good to have, I don't know. It's, I think, I think where the disconnect is, is that this is not a terribly unrealistic represent, representation of teenagers, like, and, and people in general of having these conflicting feelings about it but the fact is that it is written by adults to achieve a specific goal which they absolutely I think do not achieve like I think I think if you're trying to look at it as like this is weird that these teenagers are saying this that's not that weird actually but we know that it is television that has been written with direct purpose (laughs) that's what I'm saying I think it's weird for the showrunner Mm-hmm. Roberto, come on the show. Roberto, um, come on here. Defend yourself. <laughs> I think it's just weird for the writers to be portraying it as like the worst thing that you could possibly be accused of is having had sex. And then by the end of the season, all the main characters are having sex. And we've already seen some of the main characters having sex in much more, like, I don't know. I just, I think it's an interesting uh, shift and I think that there's also kind of some shaming that happens in terms of like Polly who we eventually learn is pregnant and I feel like there's some shaming about that of just like oh mm-hmm. like she was sexually active like gotta hide her whatever. and I understand there's a lot going into that specific pregnancy but like I don't know. I think about this a lot just in terms of how shows like shows that are written for teens are portraying sex and how often it's being connected to shame or uh, Mm -hmm. bad things happening. And I think that's, for me at least, the bottom line of this 
is that it is for teenagers. And I think the writers should have, if they either one option, it was their intent to pass on a good message and they fully failed or they were trying to pass on something more complex. This is giving them a lot of credit, but they were trying to pass on something more complex about teenagers' perception of sexuality. And I think that they fully did not achieve their goal and also were very irresponsible in their awareness of their audience. You know? Definitely. Like, I think... In some world, this could have been just a more complex assessment of how teenagers view sexuality. But I think they fully did not do that. And also, they it was just a lack of awareness of the situation. Okay. Yeah, I think they just, I, I think they, if giving them a lot more credit than I think is due, if that was their goal, they did not do it. And I think it was irresponsible. <laughs> I just think that they do it so badly and they try to integrate their like something's wrong with Betty plotline into it. Oh my god. So I know that's a whole other thing that we can talk about. But I think the thing with Chuck is just so haphazardly done. And the horrendous um, juxtaposition. The horrendous, of, what? Go ahead. And what they fucking do to Chuck. Like they almost oh my god, kill him. Yeah. And I know that's like more than what we're talking about right now, but I just, I feel like. We're talking no, about that I would like, like to address that. They, at least at some point. So they really mishandled this and misapplied a term. Applied it to like their weird Riverdale is not a real place setting. Um, they almost killed, they have Betty do her. I'm, something's wrong with me. I'm going to pretend to be my sister Polly and not really like address it. Um, and she almost kills Chuck in a hot tub. In Ethel's hot tub. In Ethel's hot tub as Ethel watches. Two notes on that. One is that they never, I don't think ever, have Betty's disassociation of who she is as a symptom of whatever is going on with her ever again. It's not addressed again. I don't think that ever happens again. You're right. And two, the way it's framed, and maybe this is just my perception of it, but it feels so much because of the plot, what they're doing is like women speaking out against slut shaming, quote unquote, slut shaming. I feel like it's almost meant to be like cool that she's almost killing this guy. Yes. Which is like, not cool. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I think that they want us to think that something's wrong with Betty and we're supposed to take Veronica's mm-hmm, point mm-hmm. of view here of like, Betty went too far. This was supposed to just, there's the yeah. freak check out. And I don't think it, we're supposed to say like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Betty did that. But Betty is one of the main four characters in the show. And we're she's, not supposed to hate her for this. She's one of the main characters. Um, she's dressed super hot. She's doing it's something weird, that is perce- perceived as cool. I know she is. Okay, I know she is. I know. I, I know that. I know that we're we're talking about it. But I think I don't think that we're supposed to think she's cool. I think we're supposed to think it's something that can be moved past. Yeah. You know, which like we're not supposed to question. 
What do you I mean, about? I think there might be <laughs> one other time that they call back to this, but I think other than that, and that maybe they don't call back to it. I just feel like I have some memory of they mention this event at some later point, but this is so, so bizarre that say? they never come back to this other than that, at least. I don't know. Oh, I was going to say just, uh, I think the one time that they also kind of get into her kind of getting confused by identities a little bit, but not really, um, but just what you might be thinking about is at the farm with Polly yes. is convincing her that she's seeing herself. And that's kind of like an indication that she already is kind of halfway, like a little bit there. Yeah. Okay. Not really, but like, I don't know. That's what I had been thinking about. Mm-hmm. I think Riverdale as Riverdale is not a show that needs to take on social issues. No, it isn't. But that's what they love to do so much. Riverdale season one is a murder mystery. And then, and I think it's interesting to throw in all these different pieces of like, oh, who was where, when, who knows what, what are the relationships between these different people? So to, in episode three, have just a random social issue episode that's also kind of trying to throw in other social issues like with the pussycats they start very briefly talking about the idea of white privilege and then they just kind of drop it and move past it like yeah yeah. i have something to say about that but yeah go on (laughs) just i think that it's really irresponsible i feel like they have if their actual goal is i want to address the shaming of high school girls sexuality Mm -hmm. they could do an episode about that they could do something about like oh girls like all these girls are sexually active and there's so much shaming about it or if they want to address the idea of like the whole like jock kind of I mean, stereotype culture, but like the kind of culture of like, oh, boys will be boys. Like, oh, which they say boys will be boys in the episode. There is no way that they are not aware of that. Yeah. And so if they want to be addressing that, that's a separate issue Mm -hmm. that they can talk about. If they want to be addressing like full on like sexual assault, which is seemingly what some of them are implying has happened. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole... <sighs> so they don't need addressing any of that. I don't think anyone's watching Riverdale for that. I think it's admirable when someone has a platform to try and be raising awareness on social issues, but only if you're going to do it well and only if you're going to be committed to it. It and is so like We want to imply that Betty has something going on. We've shown her like clenching her fist, and now we're gonna put her in a wig and have her murder (laughs) someone. Like, so now you've got it. Like, you know something's up. It's like I just have no patience for it. It just feels like bad storytelling. Which again, I love this show. I just this episode specifically pisses me off. It's a feels it's remarkably bad jumbled. It is, and that's 
what it is ultimately I feel like it's like the way that they play out what they're trying to do no matter how far you meet them with what they were maybe intending to do that didn't play out like it is just it feels like it's so much of them just playing on a hot topic in order for them to get you know too many people talking about it and and so many at once yes exactly like but there is no I feel like there is no solid or worthwhile conclusion to the social issues they're talking about even they don't even really conclude them I didn't think about and this this doesn't excuse it at all but I didn't think about this came out in 20s like early 2017 Mm -hmm. so the me too movement was like still a really big Yeah, I was looking at that during the um, episode, actually, in the Harvey Weinstein uh, allegations that kind of spawned the virality of like the Me Too idea was late 2017. And this was actually early 2017. So this was before that. 2017? Yeah. I thought that the Me Too movement already happened during the 2016 election, though. Well, maybe my 22nd Google search wasn't accurate um no this is all saying it i mean it became like a massive like hashtag and stuff during late 2017 and this during october 2017 and this episode came out in february of that year interesting i know i thought that was interesting as well but i mean that whole i mean not a new concept they knew about it (laughs) But, um, but yeah, that, that was bizarre. The other thing that I was going to bring up about regarding incredible sociopolitical repercussions, um, I think Chuck is the only black man on the show until Monroe shows up. Yeah. To have well, besides this, his dad, and, besides his dad, uh, who is principal. Whether Fairly sure. Well, yes. Do that's you mean true like well. something terrible happens to him? I meant as well. I meant like, like a, a male child. character, okay. or or I guess yeah. a child character in this case. Um, and to have him as the only black man on the show who is a predator to white women, who is then attacked severely. Not good. Yeah. Not good. It's so like they were like they were like why couldn't they have had Reggie do this plot? They shouldn't have had anyone. They had to introduce. Well, no, that is okay. The first line is that no one should have done this plot. The second line is they had to introduce a new character who they had to conceive specifically for this plot. Even been Reggie, I just no, no, it shouldn't have been Reggie. But I'm saying like they had to have the thought of like we have to create a character to do this plot. Yeah, like they went out of their way. That's they went out of their way to do this to hire an actor to do. Yeah, which is. Terrible. It's awful. Terrible. Riverdale, not good. They didn't introduce Ethel in this episode. <laughs> Who is Ethel is so fucking wait. They're like this normal person who's so upset. Like Ethel's watching it, and like maybe I'm just biased by how weird Ethel is in the rest of the show. Ethel is bizarre. Because maybe they were like, oh, Ethel's getting her girl boss moment, like watching this happen in her house. It's like, no. I forgot that she's so excited to see Chuck almost die. Terrible. Chuck doesn't show up for like another 
season. He it comes back briefly and he's like a good guy. But is it in the, the Carrie episode? Carrie episode in season two. Isn't it part of the gaslighting that Cheryl is doing? No, that's with Mr. Spencer. Never mind. No, because he's cast in Carrie the musical in the mm-hmm. second season. Wait, and everyone's like, like, I'm great now. I hate this guy. And he's like, I'm really sorry for everything I've done. And I want to try and make it up to the people. And then Doesn't I can't even start, remember what happens. He to starts him. like dating Josie. And then yes. Cheryl does something to make her no longer date Josie. Yeah. I think that's I think when right. Cheryl sends Josie the pig's heart and she like, people think it's Chuck or something. Okay. I yeah. think uh, I'm maybe mixing those up, but it's yeah, something, okay. it doesn't turn it's out so well for bad. Chuck, but he does show up when he like claims he's fully reformed and everyone is like, I don't trust you. And then something bad happens. I don't remember. We'll get there. <laughs> Wait. I just there was no need. No, there was no need. And I think there are just so many more interesting plots that they could have told. Like there's so much I'm more interested in like they started the episode with Cheryl talking about what really happened about her brother's murder. (laughs) They didn't need this. It was like one scene that it was just her kind of just talking about it. I would love if they talked, like if they like had just delved more into that and talked about like what the plan had been. Why was he escaped? Like, why was he doing this? Why was whatever, like she would have known. Why weren't they asking about that? And instead it's like this a failed attempt at addressing a social issue and uh, it's just so frustrating. So I feel like it would be so hard for me to believe that this was a genuine attempt at plot and not just trying to get people to talk about the show. You know? Wow. Interesting. I Because I was trying to think, I was like, the only way this progresses the plot is that Cheryl thinks maybe I don't know everything about my brother that I thought. They could have done a million things to, for that goal. Yeah. I, I really don't believe that this was a genuine attempt. I really think that this was, I mean, either it was just the most misguided tackling of this issue, or it was fully them just saying, we'll just get people to talk about it. All press is good press, you know? I, this episode has some great lines mm-hmm. <laughs> in other places too, which is so it's very true. Or some great, I think a lot of the scenes with like Magnomic. I that, think. Excellent. Also, Chuck himself really does say one great Chuck. line where she were, he's talking about um, whoever Veronica has previously dated. And he says, like, I'm not like the betas you dated in it. Do you date it in New York? Which is really wild. good. <laughs> but yeah. Um, oh, when um, Magnomic is slapped. Yes. Sorry, I'm just saying. Also, we're calling some good moments. Yeah. Also, would Cheryl, a very good evil Cheryl moment, which we, you know, I'm not immune to evil Cheryl. Like, I can appreciate it. When she walks into a room of people who are talking about their incredible, uh, terrible experiences with these men, and she walks in and calls them sluts. It was pretty good. It's pretty it funny pretty in an good. absurd way. Oh. But yes, um, 
should we talk about the scene with Manchinomic at the Taste of Riverdale? So yeah, I guess throughout the episode, Archie is, well, so Archie decides to, this, sorry, just, yeah, Archie decides to tell the sheriff, like Sheriff Keller, oh, I was at Sweetwater River. I heard the gunshot that Cheryl is talking about. And they say, why were you there? And he said, I was working on some songs. And they and say, were you alone? Yeah, and he says, were no. you alone? He says, no. Who were you with? My dog, Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just great. We love Vegas. We um, love Vegas. And so Fred hears about that and he says I thought that you were supposedly on this road trip with Jughead which I would love to see we need Um, a flashback episode (laughs) (laughs) um but they he is like you've been lying to me so much like you're grounded and so Archie sneaks out and he is trying to write these songs to then have the pussycats perform at taste of riverdale event that mayor mccoy is throwing which is like an artisan market kind of thing it's just some town event yeah Um, never been to just a regular town event no 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 okay i've been to many i've been to many a town event you know they just have like vendors and they have you know they put up lights on the street is this not universal okay anyways (laughs) um but yeah so uh archie is like super grounded but he sneaks off to the event so that he can hear his song performed in public for the first time uh fred is also there but is doesn't know that archie is there we get some great homos like like homoerotic tension between uh archie and jughead i know he's like this is my song and jughead's like it's pretty good (laughs) it's oh it's really good um but yeah we also get some great lines in that scene such as uh what was it alice cooper i see you're not lactose intolerant anymore okay okay can I spoil this crap? That's such a good line. Okay. I wrote it down. So I think Hermione walks up and Alice, or no, I've mixed this up before because in my memory it was Alice that said who uh, that said it. But I think Hermione's the one who said it. It's it's Hermione because Alice is drinking. I don't even know. It Alice like is a, drinking presumably a shot of something, but maybe it has like whipped cream milky. on it or something. Yeah, it's something something dairy related. And Hermione says, "No longer lactose intolerant." I see. <laughs> <laughs> and then Alice says, "So you haven't heard about your daughter about the slut shaming?" And Hermione's like, "What?" And she goes, "Slut shaming. It's what they call it when sluts get shamed." It's so good. <laughs> which is, wow. which I can't help but think that that is the writer's room conception of what slut shaming is. I mean, they put it in the episode. I, I, yeah. It's so good. Alice really... does get slapped pretty hard by Penelope at that event, which yeah. is fair. 
because at the scene of Penelope's son's murder, Alice said, I hope he rots in hell. So I think that's fair. She didn't post his autopsy report. She did. Yeah, Alice is pretty bad in this season. But it was great to see her just, you know, dressed up and her doing her thing. <laughs> we also had to have, ugh, I was really, really feeling for Fred this episode. Because he's talking to Archie's predator and saying, like, thank you so much for being there for my son. He doesn't even know. This is, And then he builds Archie a soundproof garage so that he can practice his music. And he, yeah, I was really sad whole, about him this episode. Yeah. We get a whole thing from him about like, I like I just it's hard to see my son like going towards like something that he might not succeed at and he yeah might not make money at or whatever. And he asks Miss Garney, he's like, I I want my son to do what he wants, but I want him to have some kind of prospects in life. And I'm like, oh God, it's pretty sad. I feel like so far Fred and Hermione are being shown as like the best parents on the show mm-hmm. which is interesting just because I feel like I mean maybe I'm just biased I just I guess later I come to love Alice so much but I guess she never really becomes a great mom yeah. Not until her yeah. daughter, her youngest daughter is like 25. Yeah. She, we just, she just experiences a lot of really terrible things and we think she's hot the whole time. Yeah. Isn't that what a mom And is? Hermione, d- <laughs> and Hermione does become a much worse parent, but at this point it's true. She is like pretty good. She just seems like a single mom. Yeah. It was just like. Yeah. He's just working, but trying to be there for her kid. Which I did like that when uh, Alice is like, that's what they call it when sluts get shamed. She then, like, Hermione goes and starts calling Veronica. And you see Veronica's phone ring while they're torturing Chuck, which I do like of, like, yeah, she's not doing the best thing right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> which this is a random loose thought just regarding the chuck scene so i'm sorry for jumping around but the whole point seemingly of trying to get chuck in that situation is they're trying to force him to admit on camera that he never actually like had sex with veronica which at that point becomes clear that that is their only goal yeah. And they and, do not care about this playbook of sexual conquest. Nope. No justice for Ethel. No. No. Hashtag justice for Ethel. Nope. And it just, it feels so, like, it. it's a video. It's very clear that he is being tortured. It is a much worse video for them than for him they are being shown roofied him and then boiling him alive but they are handcuffed the white women victims 
of this black man. And he, like, and they're just trying to get him to admit that they didn't have sex. Like that. Literally. That's not bad for him. Like that, that doesn't lead to him like, oh, like he's not good. Admitting a crime. It's not admitting whatever. It's admitting he's a douchebag and it's admitting like he lied. But it's not like admit that you did this thing on camera and now everyone will know like that you're like a predator or whatever. Literally all it is is that he lied. Yeah. And that and they threaten his life over it. Yeah. And on camera. (laughs) Like I just can't get over like it's not admissible evidence. He's under duress. Like it's not it's, it's just, not, yeah. Okay, at the beginning of this recording, I was like, it would be so hard for me, to, for them, the writers, to convince me that this was good intention. And now I'm just like, there's no way. This is so There's no way. Abhorrent. How did they like, write this? I feel like they, they do this? maybe what happened is they had the premise and they were like, okay, we're going to deal with slut shaming. We're going to handle it because we're Riverdale. And then they got to the conclusion of the plot and they were like, but wait, what's more important than dealing with the social issue is Dark Betty. And we have to put her in there. (laughs) And like, they just fully, I feel like there's no, I keep using the word responsibility, but I feel like they really, really, really did not hold up to what they are responsible for as writers and producers of media for children. Roberto, if you come on, this one's going to be hard for you to answer to, but we'll still take you. I keep, I keep thinking about when I'm going to see the set of Riverdale, because for listeners of the show, in a couple months, I'm going to um, be in the area where Riverdale is filmed and I'm gonna go and see the set and I'm just like from the outside I'm just gonna go look at it and I keep in my head thinking about what would happen if I saw Roberto because I would recognize him and I cannot come up with what I would say to him (laughs) maybe this is something we can work on but I cannot I don't even know where I would begin we should start compiling our lists of questions. Maybe I just maybe I just have a water gun and I just get them. I shoot them in the pants and I go, oh my god, you peed? I think that's the and one. And then maybe I've eliminated him. That's the only way. <laughs> Thank you for making my favorite TV show of all time. Oh my god, you peed your pants? Wow, that's so embarrassing for you. Wow, Roberto. <laughs> maybe that's what I do. But, uh, yeah. I can't believe that they got away with this. They li- and oh my gosh, and this was another uh, another note that I had was when Betty is yelling at Chuck and she says and she's yelling at him as Jason and she says apologize for ruining Polly. Like come on guys. That was um that's really really despicable. They don't even know that she's pregnant at this point. Yeah. They, 
So ruining her is literally just having a sexual relationship with her. Like, come on. This is really... Yolanda, I'm going to look at what other episodes Yolanda has written at some point, And I'm going to take some notes. I am remembering... I think when I first saw this episode, when Betty comes out in the wig and is like... It's Betty quite a moment. Gay. And Veronica looks at her all gay. Yes. <laughs> and she says Betty couldn't make it, so she took me instead. Mm-hmm. I think when I... I'm trying to remember, but I think when I first saw this, I thought maybe that was Polly. Or I thought maybe that wasn't Betty in some way. Like, because it's like, I have no way of knowing. Like, when it's the first thing. And, like, with that line. Um, And I had forgotten that. But I'm looking at the Vulture recap of this episode to see kind of what the general vibe was of, like, after this episode and if they would talk about how irresponsible it is nope (laughs) they just kind of say she describes the scene and she's like this is by far the weirdest scene in any episode of Riverdale so far and I am very much here for it they put muscle relaxant in his drink they drugged him they drugged him he's also a child (laughs) why did they do this I, yeah. Um, anyway. Also, fun fact, I just did a quick um, page search of Yolanda E. Lawrence, the writer of this episode, and she has written three episodes of Riverdale. One of the other three is the episode where Betty does her serpent striptease. No way. So, maybe Yolanda's got some things going on. <laughs> Yolanda, if you want to come on the episode. I think that ultimately they just weren't smart. Didn't think enough before acting. They just weren't think enough. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) They just, I think, okay. I could conceive a reality in which they thought that this would not be a big that this would not be a big deal, and this is just a show, and they're trying to put their plot across. I still retain very irresponsible. I could conceive a world in which this is not evil. I think it is less likely than a world in which this is evil. <laughs> you know, I think that they weren't. I don't think that this was done maliciously. I think it was incredibly irresponsible and very, um, yeah, irresponsible. But I don't think that they were like, you know what we should do? Really badly handle this social situation. Like, I think it was more just they weren't, they didn't put nearly enough thought into it. They didn't talk to any women anyone yeah anyone they you know what i feel like though even if it was fully i mean quote quote unquote innocent to the extent that it was not malicious i still feel like they're fully responsible and they 
must pay for their crimes. Like, I don't, I don't think that's an excuse, you know, not that you were saying that it was an excuse, but I don't, I don't feel like it is in any way. I feel like they are responsible for what they've done. And I know this wasn't the most evil episode of television of all time. I'm just upset because it wasn't a good one. And this is my favorite show. I'm now reading the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And almost all positive. Ew, of this episode? Of this episode. Wow. Come on, guys. I didn't even know if people wrote TV reviews on Rotten Me Tomatoes. either. <laughs> they do. They're, it's got a 92%. It's all just they're saying, like, I love it. This is great. Girl power. Come on, guys. Yeah. Anyway. Come on, guys. I really love when Penelope shouts at Alice. She does with this like really angry, like shaking voice, Alice Cooper. Like she's like, (laughs) that's pretty good. (laughs) And I just think it's really great, especially just because I always forget that her name is Alice Cooper. I know. I know. And I just thought it was really funny just having her yell the name of like, I just wanted her to yell the name of some other famous singer or band. (laughs) Like, just be like, damn it, share. Like, just something. yeah i do i think i enjoyed the dramatic irony of um claudius being the one to come comfort her when he is the murderer <laughs> like he's i enjoyed that claudius. claudius was the uncle oh my god what's his name then what's his name like clifford? clifford sorry <laughs> clifford i enjoy not <laughs> Claudius and Shaz. Um, no, I enjoy it. I just mix up the names. But I enjoyed uh, Clifford being the one to come comfort her when she was like, yeah. you are talking about my son. When I was like, ooh, she doesn't even know. But um, man, can we get, can I request a Choni Corner for this episode? You may. Choni Corner. So Tony was... Tony was her name was on the, one of the Instagram comments wow. on the sticky maple. It said Tony Topaz, no gracias. Um, but her name had a Y in it. Um, yeah, so Tony does not exist yet. Um, I Cheryl was having a bad time in this episode, but not as bad. You know, she like was having fun with her peers. I guess is the best way to put it because she was like, I don't, you know, like she at the okay, the beginning episode, she's like, I'm guilty, but I didn't kill him. I just lied, and which is valid mm-hmm. um, that she was trying to protect him. Um. Yeah, I don't know. This is quite an episode for Cheryl. Hashtag justice for Ethel. Um, she does she, she call them sluts. She flip-flops quite a bit. Changes alliance. Um, she's having I, a... She is on their side once she realizes that Jason was involved. Yes. she. Yeah, she is like, maybe I didn't know Jason. And she has a bonding moment with Betty because they both have issues. Um, they burn the, the book, which is cool. 
Oh yeah. Bella just reminded me of a line. She says, nothing is off the table. So she's offering Archie anything like a favor. And she says, nothing is off the table except for my body. And I'm so, (laughs) that's the funniest quote because she thinks that she needs like, like it's nice of her to do, but it is funny that she's like, this is a proper way to show thanks is I will give you one favor and complete it to the best of my ability. And the favor. And it works out for Archie, yeah. And the favor isn't even her. It's like, but she I like will well, I mean, she's my friends to do a favor. She's, Josie says, like, I'll do anything for my girl, Cheryl. Yeah, no, I understand. I just like that it's like mm-hmm. ultimately now one of Cheryl's friends is having to do something. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, at this point, Cheryl was not the most heinous act, like heinous agent of chaos in this episode for once. True. Um, not to make light of it, but she was not the perpetrator of something terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she she wasn't a very nice person or anything like that. But she also wasn't having the. I mean, she, her brother just died, and which I spoken about that how she's probably having a really bad time about that but um yeah I don't know thanks Cheryl for all that you do for us (laughs) (laughs) um anyone else has any thoughts about Cheryl the only the only thing I had left to say in the synopsis section of this episode is that this is the first time we see Betty and Jughead speak which is one so tragic. Two I forgot. Betty does call him Juggy twice. In fir- but in the Again, first time it. she refers to him, she calls him Juggy. And for listeners who don't know, I looked it up during the episode. Uh, Lily Reinhardt and Cole Sprouse started dating between the filming of the pilot and the rest of the first season. So this was. It had already happened. It it had already started, which is pretty sad and. You know, we've we've referred to Bughead getting together as the beginning of the end several times. And I think that's still true. Like, the, or honestly, I think this episode might have been the beginning of the end. Like, this, this is pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty rapid decline. It was a, it was a real, yeah. It's Would a you... rapid decline, then a rapid incline as the second season happens. <laughs> it is a fantastic show. This episode sucked for many it's very people. bad it it is a fantastic show but just in terms of like in terms of the things that I don't like about Riverdale and that it's hard to defend about Riverdale mm-hmm. this is the of beginning it. of the end it's a lot of it um yeah. I just I thought something that was funny throughout the episode was just Jughead being like acting like he is the shit like just acting like he is the greatest like writer ever like he gets to he comes to the blue and gold and he's just like if print journalism is dead what am I doing here and he's just being so like he's being weird he's being a weirdo enough like freedom to be able to use my voice and like very like he's so stupid I don't know, just angst. Well, Sprouse's acting was bizarre. It I was think. bizarre. He, I mean, the mildest credit to him for coming out with this right at the gates. Like he, 
I, I can't stress enough the mildest credit, but like he did know what he was going to play this character as right away. <laughs> he really started. This he was, was cast for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first time I think we see his tough guy voice. Ugh. Which when he does his tough guy thing, it makes me laugh every time. He starts not really moving his jaw very much. Mm-hmm. But then he also doesn't fully close his mouth. I know. <laughs> like ever. And it's so. At the it's really end of funny. Every sentence, it's just like a like kind of has his mouth just a little bit open and it <laughs> and each oh it's so good it's, it's really funny <laughs> man something else that i thought was funny in this episode was when veronica <laughs> uh first finds out about the thing that chuck has posted on social media she's mm-hmm. like well, like, he's messing with the wrong person. Like, I'm not going to stand for it or whatever. And as she says that, she just shoves Kevin into a locker. and just like, I know, she commits an act of homophobia while she's just, talking like, about this. Yeah, and you just see him at the, like, stay at the locker just, like, looking around while she continues, while, and the camera follows her down the hall. And I She just, just attacks him. He didn't do anything. Forward. He did absolutely nothing. Thing, except for he was a man who was there while she was mad. Literally, like a quick question. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the episode, they're talking about some of the questions that have emerged since the, like in the investigation. Mm-hmm. I forget who it is, but they say, Who shot Jason? Why was he frozen? I forgot about that detail. That is a bizarre aspect. And I don't know if they even address that later. Okay. Why I don't even remember frozen? that. Yeah. He was like kept. Um, was his body kept? I oh. guess his body was frozen. After Wait a minute. His... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Remember when FP stored his body? <gasps> I guess that's why. I you totally said... forgot about FP. I forgot FP. Doing that, I just no. <laughs> oh my god, that's gonna be a trip to make peace with once again. This is oh. the first episode where we see uh, the cover girl product placement that continues throughout season one. They reference two different lipstick colors by mm-hmm. name, and they do a close up on it, which is fun. Um, Kevin references making a murderer. Jughead mm-hmm. references in cold blood. Veronica references Oscar Wilde, Diablo Cody, and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. God. Cheryl references Nancy Drew. Fred references Ferris Bueller. And Chuck references Too Fast, Too Furious. Great film. I don't want to go first, but <laughs> I, I don't know. Cause I don't, well, I, I think, okay, then I will go first. My MVP is Fred because he's a king and a legend and an excellent father in this episode. And I think he's a great guy and I miss him already. That's all I have. Nice. 
Okay, I was gonna do Fred. I if but I wanted to see if anyone else wanted to do Fred first because I was gonna do Veronica. Surprisingly, this because, is a rare Veronica moment because she actually asks Betty, like, "What the fuck?" Like after <laughs> Betty does this horrible thing, um, and I really appreciate that. I guess like she was like, "What was that?" Like I'm concerned. Like I don't even know if it was. Con- I think it was concern, but she asked about it, um, and for her gay little look. Um, yeah, that was big. Yeah. What about you, Bella? You got to pick somebody. I oh man. Um, I guess Hermione. She wasn't there yeah. that much, but I liked her parenting what she was part of like she seemed to be checking in on Veronica and even though Veronica wasn't like forthcoming with what was like what she was dealing with like she was still like Hermione was asking her she also looked great I really like her pops uniform she good. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a great the great interaction with Alice um, yeah I think she would be mine yeah and what would you guys nice. give this episode out of 10? Um, wow. I know. I know. I think I would... I'll go ahead because I've got mine ready to go. Um, I think I would give it 3 out of 10 sluts who get shamed. <laughs> because wow. I think it's a really... <laughs> bad episode kind of all around and it doesn't even have the absurdity of it to redeem it like i don't i just think it's a really this might be the worst episode of the show <laughs> like i don't think it's good I at think all so. and you know it's what they call it when sluts get shamed which i learned from my dear friend alice Cooper. <laughs> i just don't think it was good I think I'd give this three out of ten sticky nipples. Um, because yeah, I know it is a horrendous episode. I'm not saying like I was thrilled watching it, but it was interesting to revisit it. And I did have a lot of anticipation about it, but I think that it is so inane, like the writing of this episode, the execution of it, all the things happening at once like so messy that's my 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 thoughts yep I really did not like this episode I'm gonna give it three out of ten no longer lactose intolerant Alice's (laughs) um I just yeah, I think they were trying to do too much and they did it badly. And I think it was just irresponsible. But so I think for those parts of the episode, I would give it like a zero out of 10, but I'm giving it the three for the redeeming moments with Fred and with some of the interactions yeah. that happen at Taste of Riverdale. <laughs> um, Hashtag justice for Ethel. I introduction of Ethel. I mean, I mean, yeah. 
she definitely adds something to the show <laughs> um, but yeah I think three out of ten yep yeah this might be the worst episode of the series which is wild they get it out which of is, the way yeah yeah bold to do that on a third episode yeah it it bold. changed the course of the show I think, I think it did and as far as what could have come from this, I have mine. And I think it's that Josie's activism could have continued. Josie's, mm-hmm. like, like the whole thing when she was like, we're called the pussycats because we have to claw our way into the room or whatever. I think that totally goes away. And I feel like maybe it's something from the writer's perspective of they were like, okay, we've covered that. Now we have that as if like yeah. activism itself isn't a constant issue. And so I was really in this episode mourning what Josie could have been, which I know amounts to writing her off onto a spinoff, which is horrendous, which is sad. So that's, that's really what I was focused on. I mean, yeah. I think that that's like a big problem that I have with it and I think that you summarized that really well of like it's not that they should never talk about social issues it's just that they do it in a like they'll do an episode that where they try and address the social issue and only in that episode mm-hmm. it's like oh for this episode these people are dealing with like shaming people for their sexuality mm-hmm. and now we're just never going to talk about it again. yeah now we've handled it yeah, that's done. Yeah. That bothers me. I think, yeah. I don't know. I know what you were saying about Josie, but like in the context of like the show's writing at this moment and also for the rest of the show, I'm like, they treat her so bad. <laughs> they treat her so bad. Yeah, I don't think they, knowing what I know, don't think they could have pulled it off. But from looking back to kind of an aspirational point that was like my wish i don't know this is the lowest point of the show i think so it's hard to even if you could have had them now knowing that they finished high school during the show at this point if you could have had them do something else in high school what would it have been i mean what don't they do they do a lot <laughs> they, do they a don't lot. do a lot <laughs> okay i would have wanted them to I would have wanted them to go to therapy. I would have wanted them to excellent pick. smoke weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they do really hard drugs, but they, they do not smoke weed smoke even weed. once. They don't smoke weed in the show. <laughs> but it exists, though. We know that. We know it exists in the show. FP says it. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for FP to Man. show up. You're right. FP isn't there yet. Wow. Well, I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm excited to witness the rest of it with you all. <laughs> um, I'm excited after this Nadir. God, yeah, quite the episode. Mm-hmm. Stick with us, folks. It's gonna, it's gonna get a bit better. Um, and with that, Allie, would you give us that famous sign-off that we all love oh, so much? Of course. See you later, Dinks. <laughs>